0: Sun goes down, sun comes up, days can drown in a plastic cup, in this town, in this town. In the ever-present pursuit of entertainment, education, and some adjective to be named later, the Homestar Army proudly presents Trek West 5, a conglomerate podcast of science fiction, politics, humor, and pretty much whatever else we want to talk about. Trek West 5 is brought to you in part by RocketWebDesign.com. Custom web design at Template Website Prices. Designs by DD.Blogspot.com. Your online home for all your digital scrapbooking needs. Need a home along the Wasatch Front? Contact Lisa De with Kirkham and Friends Real Estate. No one will work harder for your home. And thehomestarmie.com Blogging to the world since 2004. Your hosts for Trekwest Five are Joey and Peter. Good evening and welcome to podcast one hundred and forty. I am Peter and I am Joey. And uh, well, I hope that sounded pretty good. We 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 think we got the audio issues. Sort it, of, it certainly
1: sort of. sounds luscious
0: to my ears. <laughs> uh, my friend John Matson, he's sitting over here on the couch.
2: Can you hear me? Can anybody hear me? Email in, please. <laughs> oh. uh, I see my yeah, I see my dots kind of going up. That's fine. Whatever. Hi.
0: John, you're you're absolutely turned up as loud as you'll mm-hmm. go. <laughs> Until we get hit, get you your own mic, um, uh, but I'm still pleased that you're here. I'm I'm just ecstatic. I woke up this morning and was like, I hope John comes to the podcast.
2: Right, because you have every advantage in this little situation that you've sculpted with your nice microphones.
3: <laughs>
2: My yeah. opinion's not going to seem as valid.
0: <laughs> well. I think your maybe is valid. the earth
1: spun quality of your voice will the make
0: opinion your opinion will, seem more valid. No, no, no. The opinion will still be valid. It just won't sound as good. <laughs> That's all. It won't be heard by as many people.
3: <laughs> I
2: actually care more about the uh, surface of my opinion than <laughs> the actual root of it. So, uh,
0: well, uh, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, good week for everyone here? Yeah, mine was alright. Mine kind of ended with the, f- <laughs> um, I believe is the technical term, but uh, overall it was pretty fun. I, I beat Diablo 3, which I was pretty happy about. Um, I how,
1: how many hours did you say it took you from beginning to end? To 32
0: hours, 55 minutes, which I really have no idea how long everybody else took out there. And I don't necessarily care, but uh, man, it was a fun game. Really, really fun game. I look forward to going back for Nightmare and Inferno.
1: I heard a lot of people complain about the uh, the niece that's in the char-
0: the niece character that's in the game. Okay.
1: How, how did you feel about that character,
0: Pete? I thought she was fine. Okay. I, there wasn't any part of the story that I was unhappy about. I was really only unhappy that it ended after 32 <laughs> hours and 55 minutes. <laughs> you,
1: you could have played for another month.
0: You bet. You bet. And I, I do look forward to going back. Uh, To replaying um, everything. I'm going to try some of the... You you get this extra character to come along with you. And I'm going to... There's like three that you can choose from. Okay. So I'm going to try a couple of the other ones. And just see how that goes.
1: So they're like side quests or...
0: No, they're sidekicks.
1: Oh, okay. They're Um, sidekicks with their own quests.
0: Well, no, not their own quests. They're just there helping you out. So what are you trying... Okay. So how
2: different can it be, is what he's saying.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to understand what the difference because is. Because each one of them have their own different backstories and different oh, dialogue I that comes okay. along with it. So one of them is essentially um, a paladin, the other is a scoundrel, you know, kind of a thief kind of, a rogue, kind of guy. And then the other girl is a is a magician. Okay. And so there's different fighting styles, there's different um, backstory, it, it's just... They're different. So people. which one did you play through the first time? I used the Paladin because I, I wanted to use his healing capabilities so that he could help heal me up when I got low on uh, on life. Okay. So, should be fun. I, I'm Hopefully, it'll be fun. Um... Where do we want to go next? I've got a couple of emails. I know you wanted to, to share a voicemail yes. with us. Yes,
1: we have a, a listener comment.
0: Um, tell you what, why don't we do this, this thing uh, that I have first. Okay. So I'm going to turn up the sound here. We've got uh, listener M.
1: Why don't, why don't you hold it up to your microphone?
0: That's, yeah, well, I don't that's think what that's going to come through even if it did. Uh, he says, uh, I don't know what uh, movie this is from, but you might like it nonetheless.
3: Very nice. Yeah,
0: I thought that was funny. Um, And he then goes on to say, I've checked the new podcast app for iOS, and it seems to be pretty cool. You might be able to get new listeners this way. Um, I don't know how you get to be on the featured stations, however, Mark and Salt Lake. Um, So I had no idea that there was even an old podcast app for (laughs) iOS. Um, So we should maybe look into the new one. Yeah, we should. I don't know. Uh, anyway, the the sound thing on that was pretty funny when I uh, uh, listened to it. So I thought I'd share it with you. That was pretty I good. Was, I enjoyed yeah, that. It was fun funny too. <laughs>
1: um, should you it Should we do my other my thing now?
0: Yeah, yeah. We can do your thing. Okay, let's
1: do this. I, I shouldn't say it's my thing. I, I deserve absolutely zero credit for this here.
4: Hey, Joey and Peter. This is SpongeBob calling from London, England. Me and Bob have been really liking Firefly, and it's a real good show. But I do have one thing niggling at me. Them there folks talk all Yankee-like until they want to sound ignorant and simple, like when they was stealing that first lot of medicine and that mechanic lady says, Captain, won't them folks at the hospital be needing that medicine? I ain't a bet woman, but I'm taking a guess that that there Josh Whedon fellow is a Yankee, or in the very least, he ain't Southern, I know it's a popular thing in television and in the moving picture business to depict all Southern folks as stupid, ignorant, and with bad grammar. But boy, it sure rubs us up the wrong way. Anyway, besides the selective abuse of the prettiest accent in America, and I know because I always get compliments from these here European folks. Anyway, besides that, it's a real good show, and we're liking it a lot. Y'all have a good weekend, and we are looking forward to the next podcast. God bless you, boys. Bye.
1: That was uh, listening to Spongebob. <laughs> that
4: was awesome. All the way
1: from one, I, I told you, I, I saw that it was Spongebob in the text. Uh huh. You know, it, it translates it, and because of her accent, it got almost every word wrong, <laughs> but it got Spongebob right. And I was just so excited when I saw. It, I was like,
0: "Oh, I'm so we got a message. Like, they called from England." <laughs> Her accent it's is thick. is fantastic. Yes. I love it. Uh, and she must she would have to get tons and tons of compliments off of that. Oh yeah, that that is an absolute abnormality to to have an accent like that over there. Has to be. Um, wow, that that's very very cool, and I. You, you hear accents like that. You just never feel like it would ever actually be attributed to a real person. She definitely <laughs> has the, the, the real accent right there. That was cool.
1: So I, I don't know if I've shared this before on the podcast, but I had a friend from Tennessee, and I told him, you know, I want a real drawl. I want to know how to drawl. And so he had his parents
0: not not like uh, drawl from uh, Babylon Five. <laughs> yes,
1: not that drawl. <laughs> but you know, I didn't want to sound goofy either. I wanted to actually sound like I was from the South. And so he had his parents send him just record their letters. He said instead of mailing letters, just record them, and and we'd listen to them. And I would just try to emulate the way they pronounced words. And every once in a while, he would just stop and he'd say, "No." <laughs> slow, not stupid. You don't want to sound like Forrest Gump. <laughs> but uh, after a little while, I got to where I, I had such a thick accent that people would mistake both of us. They're like, wow, you're, so you're both from the South. I'd be like, nope, I just wanted to draw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, what a weirdo you are.
1: <laughs> but see, if I get around people with an actual drawl, and I hang out with them for a while, I, I will start to drawl again.
0: You know, I, I was watching uh, Euro Cup, um, uh-huh. which that that final... For Euro Cup, I I don't know what uh, some of the other listeners who watched it thought, but I was bored. It was, <laughs> that was just ridiculous. Who did it end up being? It was uh, Spain uh, and France. Spain Krenz. and Italy. Italy and uh, Italy just rolled over. They uh, yeah. Anyway, um, it, it it was not a great match in my opinion. Okay, I, I see
1: you holding more letters over there. Do we I do, have.
0: I do have some emails, um, which one of them is Brainy's Nook of Darkness. Okay. Um, and, well, you know, John, we didn't actually. Did we give you a chance to respond? How was your week? Everything okay with you?
2: Uh, it, it was good in the sense that it was broken up very nicely right. with the holiday right in the middle there. Um, it was bad in the sense that I had two Mondays. Which I think was a complaint a lot of people had this week.
0: Yes. Absolutely. I had the same problem. Mm -hmm. It really kind of felt like it was a Saturday for me. And I was like, "Uh, I gotta go to work tomorrow. Don't have church. Yeah, that was really unfortunate. Um, So, oh well. no, No big deal. Actually, I didn't think to ask SpongeBob. Her family would be split at this time of year. She's originally American. Oh, yeah. Married a guy from England. So, which... Where, where do
1: her loyalties lie? Yeah,
0: did she actually celebrate the 4th of July? And if she didn't, I'd say she has to hand in her passport, and <laughs> uh, she doesn't get to come back to America.
1: I, I don't believe you can enforce that, unfortunately. I,
0: no, Okay. Oh, well. Um, but still, that would be interesting. I wonder what she does. Yeah. Because I'm sure she still celebrates, like, Thanksgiving. I bet she still does that. But I wonder if she celebrates Fourth of
1: July, you know what's really interesting if you read the Declaration of Independence, it quite clearly states that if if all the you know the things that they were breaking away for were to stop happening, they fully intend to have peaceful relations and be friends with Great Britain hmm. so you know, I think it's great it's a that, that uh, never l- listener side and can poke fun you know Perfect. with the little Facebook comment that he made that I got a chuckle out of
2: well fortunately the um the The British equivalent of the Fourth of July doesn't actually fall on the Fourth of July, so you don't actually have to make a decision which country you are supporting on that day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose they did uh, really dodge a bullet on that. One yeah, there.
2: yeah, it was good. It, it was good planning on both our countries that we could kind of we could it's just more reasons for all of us to celebrate. So,
1: what what is the British version of the Fourth of July?
2: As far as I know, it's Guy Fawkes Day. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's where the fireworks are. I do It doesn't really celebrate freedom that much, but I, I kind of, that, that, I don't know. That's
0: kind of the equivalent, I suppose, because of the, the big bonfire that they do. Yeah. And it's. I think it's more Guy Fawkes night. Because, at least in Scotland, it was always done at night because it was a big thing, like... Whatever well, city or town you were, so it's in, not
2: like here where hats. we launch all our fireworks during the day.
3: Yeah, yeah
0: but you say Guy Fox Day. I just wanted well, to point well, it well out. Well, it's, it's called a Guy time.
2: Fox Day. That's what it's. That's what the the holiday is.
0: I never heard it called that. Th- that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Did, I, I never heard it you... called that either, John.
2: Well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't appear on a calendar as Guy <laughs> Fox
0: Night. <laughs> Does it appear right. on a calendar at all? We we need help from our British listeners. Let us know which one of us is horribly, brutally mispronouncing whatever. That you're you're is.
1: both wrong. That's where I'm coming down. Yeah. Put my money on both of you are wrong.
2: Guy <laughs> Fox, duh. Okay, fine. Yeah, somewhere in between. And it's
0: not even Guy Fox at all. It's you know some other thing like, that we were. You're, 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 you're
1: thinking of Rolando Fox. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Rolando Fox,
0: or perhaps also Lucius, Lucius cat, Fox. Gal Fox. <laughs> um. Okay, well, let us know, and uh, another email.
1: Okay.
0: Listener M. He said, uh, hey guys, I'm following Trek West 5 now on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> there haven't been any posts there in a while.
1: Yeah, that's uh, true.
0: May- maybe I can talk to the person who's in charge of that.
1: I believe we assigned that to the intern. Did we assign yes. that to the intern?
0: <laughs> All right, intern. Get on it. Start <laughs> tweeting. We need a tweet a week.
1: Yeah, uh, he could just tweet his uh, weight loss updates to us.
0: Oh, that's right. He has been uh, losing weight, you think. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Aaron, we miss you. Uh, uh, Mark continues, I was extreme, It was extremely enjoyable listening to Pete with the new microphones. It was almost like he was on a professional radio show. <laughs> Pete really seemed to know how to use the new equipment. Joey also sounded good, but perhaps he needed to be closer to, the, to his microphone. Joey should watch Pete and do whatever he does with his <laughs> mic.
1: How much did you pay him for that comment?
0: I didn't, I didn't even have to make that one up this time. Um, yeah, we. we, we I felt like
1: Pete was too loud, and I was
0: just right, personally. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Uh, anyway, we hopefully have sorted that out. Hopefully. Uh, He continues, Congrats to Joey for getting an interview for a job for another company. It must be nice to know that he is worth more money. Trek West 5 will have to go on. Even if Joey moves away, Pete will just find a better co-host anyway. (laughs) Lots of shows survive changing hosts. Or you could always learn to podcast with each of you in a different location. John and JR's Star Trek podcast is pretty good. And you guys
2: do that, you've been doing that for years now. Uh, yeah, we've, um, we started doing it, let's see, what which podcast do we start doing that on? Number one, in podcast number one, <laughs> we started uh, podcasting in different states. And it, it, we, it's actually gone through a bunch of evolution, because we used to just talk to each other on the phone, and we each record our version, and then we would overlap two different audio tracks, is how we used to do it. Now we just record it, and it works fine. So is that
1: because boring. it was too much work to do the two separate audio tracks?
2: Uh, why well, we switched? Yeah. Um. No, I can't remember why we did. I oh, I remember why. It's because one of our podcasts was a uh, a uh, a commentary, like for one of the movies, like a long running commentary, okay. and. Um. One of us could not record two hours all at once, I think. And I think that's the reason, yeah. So it just kind of evolved that way. But now it's just easier.
0: Cool. Uh, He continues. I don't think the newsroom is a very accurate portrayal of what goes on behind the scenes at a TV news station. The whole plot device of going over things that happened a few years ago is just a way to make news producers look like they are all on the ball. And always know what they are doing. In a real TV station, there are probably more guys running around yelling about ratings going up or down and yelling about advertisers. I bet you won't see the ratings or advertiser guy on the show. Also, John would probably be working in the TV news if the producers were as hot as they are in that show. (laughs) John, care to comment on that?
2: I worked with a lot of really hot producers when I, I was in college. I, um, I would
0: think so. BYU's the hot co-ed land.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I think it was uh, more of an inferiority thing that kind of... <laughs> I, that was one of the contributing factors. They were
1: just all inferior to you and you couldn't put up with it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, what, that's the that's Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. He you know, be- I,
1: I, I do have a comment there as well. He I, I, He's wrong. We've already seen the ratings guy on the t- on the show. I was just
2: going to say that. Yeah, I don't know if he oh, okay. put that comment in before or after the second episode. But, uh, yeah, i i that's going to be... I mean, well, that's vintage Sorkin where he's yes. going to want to put that conflict... He's going to want to address that conflict a lot, yeah. so...
0: It seems like it's a built-in conflict. Why wouldn't you use it? Right, especially mm-hmm. in a drama. I mean, you got... It's free drama right there. He's not going to walk away from that. Okay. He continues Voyager is terrible Star Trek. Neelix is the Jar Jar Binks of Star Trek. Ha There are a few good episodes though. The best episodes have less Janeway and more Doctor. Speaking of great sci-fi shows, has anybody ever watched Red Dwarf? <laughs> a great little show from the UK that proves you don't need good special effects if you have a good rider. <laughs> I also just recently watched the IT Crowd uh, streaming on Netflix. Anybody want to comment on, the, on that, Red Dwarf?
2: Both of those shows, I think, are awesome. I, I love, I love Red Dwarf. I think it's um, it, it helps to not have good special effects if it's a comedy, <laughs> which Red Dwarf totally is. Uh, IT Crowd, of course, isn't a science fiction show, but it is. I, I think IT Crowd is brilliantly hilarious. Um, the equivalent over here, I would say, is Big Bang Theory, and it yeah. wipes the floor with it, as far as I'm concerned, as far as funny goes.
1: I, I found the IT crowd a little too much awkward, a little too much in the, in that, the UK version of The Office kind of vein, for, for my personal taste. But it was funny. It was definitely mm-hmm. funny. Um, Red Dwarf, I never found funny. I, I don't know <laughs> what... what's There's some, just something missing from my brain that everyone else seems to have. That lets them get the the Red Dwarf jokes. And I watch an episode of Red Dwarf and I don't laugh once. I get to the end and say, what? <laughs> I, <laughs>
0: well, hold on. Did, did you ever laugh at Black Adder?
1: No. I mean, I knew I was supposed to be laughing.
0: Yeah, there's definitely something. That
1: <laughs> like, I'd watch it and be like, okay, I know you, you thought that was funny. Clearly the writer loved that joke and put it in. Uh, it didn't do anything for me.
2: I, I think uh, the strength, and I can see why you don't like it, but I think... The big strength of Red Dwarf is insult humor. Yeah. Um, it's 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 the same four people who kind of hate each other uh, who are insulting each other I for a half that. hour. That's pretty much what the show is. Yeah, I can see and that. I think it's funny. And
1: I I'm, I'm not saying that it's not funny. I'm just saying I don't appreciate And I I can
2: I can totally see you not appreciating it, which is fine. It's not Yeah. It's not uh it's not Shakespeare. <laughs>
0: Okay, Mark finishes off. Regarding hookers, David Letterman uses hookers as a punchline a lot. I think hookers is 20% funnier. Okay. So there we go. Uh, 20%
1: funnier than just anything, or specifically 20% funnier than horrors?
0: (laughs) I I don't know. He didn't (laughs) specify. He just said 20% funnier. So this podcast just got 20% funnier because we used hookers.
3: Well, because we said... (laughs) The, the word, word
0: hookers <laughs> and under uh, no circumstances were hookers actually used in the making of this podcast oh you don't know that for sure oh that's true i did not use any hookers <laughs> tonight at all ever in my life
1: yet
2: i kind of think horror is a funnier word i don't know maybe i'm just being contrarian but i think it sounds funnier to me
0: uh, which is more insulting, hooker or whore? Did we already talk about this? <laughs> did we do this last week?
2: This is our conversation last week. Yes. Okay.
0: All right. We'll move on then. Um, okay. So that was the end of his email. Okay. Did we want to announce what you and I decided tonight? When we were at oh,
1: did you, did you? So you're you're fully I, on board I, yeah. now. Oh,
0: okay. God, absolutely. I think it was a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Go for the, it. One of the good ideas that you've actually had on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. You're, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Go ahead. I, I, I like you. Oh. It was your really your idea
1: uh, for our. So
0: what we're gonna do? <laughs> you wouldn't have told it right. I wouldn't have. You're right. Anyway, you go, go. ahead.
1: For our our next show after the movie Serenity, uh, the next show will be the recent UK retelling of Sherlock.
2: Oh hey wow nice.
1: With, uh, is it Benedict Cumberbatch? Am I saying that right?
2: I believe so. Yes, Cumberbatch. Yes, I had no idea because you guys didn't tell me because. You guys went to dinner without me, again, so...
1: You know, I tried to wait, and Pete's like, I'm hungry, can we go yet?
2: No, 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 I'd rather... In fact, I think I have a recording of that. <laughs> I, I... No, 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 I'm glad you went to dinner without me, because otherwise it would be an hour later before we started recording.
0: Yeah, and that's so. that's why I knew we couldn't
2: wait. Yeah, no, and I know, wasn't, and I wasn't hungry, I was just kidding, I wanted to make you feel bad, but I am glad to hear about that announcement. That's
0: I think that's it's, giddy. I think it's yeah. a good one because yeah. it's, it's well written. Mm-hmm. Or at least the the two episodes I've seen were well written. It looks like it's well produced and it's not sci-fi.
2: Yep.
1: And what we're planning to
0: do is one episode per podcast.
2: That was my next question. So only one episode, okay. Yeah, and then we
0: it's, it's 90 minutes yep. essentially, which is basically the 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 amount of two regular TV shows. So
1: and then we will uh, follow it up with the Ben Kingsley and Michael Caine production without a clue. Okay. So it might be fun. Stay in the the Sherlock Holmes theme there for a little bit.
0: And then after that we will do Battlestar Galactica.
1: Yes, after that we will do Battlestar
2: Galactica. Will we? Yes. You. (laughs) Uh, you, But not young Sherlock Holmes. You're not doing young Sherlock Holmes?
1: I haven't ever watched any young Sherlock Holmes. Well, there's the
2: the one movie, Young Sherlock Holmes.
0: I haven't ever seen it. Uh, I, I, I remember as a it kid. It was fun times
2: that. as a kid. I haven't seen it in 20 years. Yeah, but
1: is it like Encyclopedia Brown?
2: Uh, <laughs> yes, except it's a movie and it's Sherlock Holmes and it's not like Encyclopedia Brown. <laughs> uh, it was it was kind of it, at its time. It was. Um, kind of uh, award-winning special effects, kind of CGI special effects, I'm sure it looks terrible now. Because, uh, like, all CG effects from the, the past yes. are always bad. Yeah. So
0: I remember a violin being in that uh, movie. I remember him playing the violin, which does. Uh, yes. Yeah. Holmes thing. Yeah. That's really all I remember of the plot of that movie. <laughs> is there's a violin and Sherlock Holmes at some point. Mm-hmm. And you enjoyed it. No, I don't even remember enjoying oh, okay. it. I just remember <laughs> that it was a thing that happened several years ago. So
2: I loved it. I used to love it. I remember loving it. And I remember I remember the three there were three big kind of special set pieces that I kind of have a fondness for. But whatever.
0: Okay. Uh Facebook Find of the Week, Joey. Facebook Find
1: of the Week is going to I can't remember what John, which one did you pick now? <laughs>
2: I picked the the, the Aaron stores. Sorkin book show. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Uh yeah. The the Aaron Sorkin plagiarizing himself or I guess it's technically not plagiarism if you're the one who wrote it in the first place, but reusing his content across multiple things, including his uh
0: He's really not that great of a writer anymore, really. I mean, well he just- he has
1: a few good lines and they're and they're fine. <laughs> I still really like Sorkin. I don't care if he reused his own content because they're, it's good content that he's reusing. So.
2: I thought it was hilarious watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it, it was fun to kind of poke fun at Sorkin. But I can't discredit the guy because I didn't notice the reuse myself just in watching. Right, like, watching it, right. Yeah. so
0: I don't see it very heavily when you watch West Wing and Studio 60. Um, but it's, and I never watched the, um, sports, sports, night. sports night, thank you. So I never got that feeling when watching the show, but when you, when you cut it all together, like that video was, it's sort of like, wow, <laughs> he really liked to reuse yeah. his stuff a lot. The,
1: the only one that really bothered me was the line, there's too many angels on the streets of heaven tonight or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But that line bugged me when I saw it in the show. So, like when I thought it was just the one time.
2: Well, I wonder if you actually have a conversation with Sorkin. He actually uses the same phrases over and over <laughs> again. It just and just talk like, just about-
3: like watching like yeah. a clip show of The West Wing? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I wonder if he's more comfortable having conversations walking as well. With the way he could writes be. it all the time. Could be. Yeah,
2: could be. Did you guys... Okay, this is just... This is very side. But I totally thought Sorkin, I thought of you guys in this. There's a show on TV... Um, called Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. It's got Kristen Ritter, an actress I like, so I started watching that show.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, like like, the very first episode.
2: Okay, sure. Um, the show, her roommate is, like, this... is the opposite of this Kristen Ritter character. She's trying to get back into business. She's trying to get, um, you know, back on track because she just got fired from this high-profile Wall Street job. She gets a job as an intern at this business with this... um. Nora Dunn plays this high-powered executive that she wants to suck up to. And so she delivers a a document to her, and uh, Nora Dunn is on her treadmill walking. She's like, oh, thank you for this document. Walk with me. (laughs) And the camera pans over, and there's another treadmill next to the woman's (laughs) treadmill just for people to come in and do the walk and talk while she's on the treadmill. I thought it was so funny.
1: Now, which which one is that? Is that the lady who played on Gilmore Girls?
2: Uh I don't know if Kristen Ritter was on Gilmore girls because I only survived one season
1: chick in the in the commercials or the really dark haired dark haired yes yeah. creepy looking chick
2: um it's the other girl who was on the treadmill okay yeah
1: yeah the the, the dark haired lady was actually a character in Gilmore girls
2: dang it, I'm gonna have to start watching Gilmore girls again who
1: she was one of the rich girls at the academy that Rory went to growing up oh I see okay one she' his girlfriends.
2: Uh, Which what, What's her name In Gilmore Girls I can't remember right now it was, was it first season Was it one of the two friends Yes No That's not that's Kristen That's not the Redder. same girl That's not the same girl No Because okay. I know her Because she's She's in Veronica Mars She plays Mayor Steve Gutenberg's Daughter in Veronica Mars
1: <laughs> Okay I I would have sworn That was the same person Alright
2: Nope
0: I okay. said corrected Way to call him out on that yeah. yeah Yep All right. Uh, So, who won that Facebook Find of the Week? Is that Carbonite Man? I don't know. (laughs) You were just looking at him. Well, because I switched,
1: it was going to go to SpongeBob for the Brony thing. They know who they are. It
0: was never going to go to SpongeBob for the Brony thing. That would not. I believe
1: it was Carbonite Man, but I'm not certain. All right. If If it wasn't, I apologize to whoever it was that did it. They're still
0: not getting an award. That's right. Unless you're a new listener, then join the Facebook group. You might get an award. Well, what uh, you probably aren't hearing right now, hopefully, uh, because of our awesome new microphones, were uh, fireworks going off. Which you weren't here for this, but three houses down, Mm-hmm. they were launching off big mortars. Nice. The big ones. Nice. Idiots. It was literally coming down very close to my house.
2: I liked hearing. I like hearing that. I don't care what anybody says. Fireworks, <sighs> yeah, okay. fun, fun, fun.
0: Yeah, I, I was. So close to calling the cops and saying, hey, w- what the heck are you guys doing? It's not exactly like you can't find where these <laughs> idiots are at. They just keep announcing it every single time they break the law.
2: The I mean, cops were like, what? what? We're not stopping them. They've got the firepower. <laughs> <laughs> They've got air control.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, the just state just of Utah has burned
1: us? enough to cover all of Rhode Island twice in the past three months.
0: Oh, awesome. Um, okay, should we do Brand New Stuck of Darkness? Yeah, let's hear it. He says, Hi dudes, I found last week's conversation riveting, but why does one have to say whore or hooker? (laughs) We have alternatives, such as prairie harpy, uttered by Mal in description of Kaylee. But what about winch? I love winches. It's my favorite word to describe a whore, and much less offensive, usually. I have recently started the first book of A Song of Fire and Ice, Mm. and Martin loves his wenches. They are all over that book. But for this week's Nook of Darkness, we highlight the long career of Ennio Morricone.
3: Very
2: nice.
0: Did I mispronounce that terribly? No. You know who it is, though? Yes. I heard Pete mention a few dollars more last week, and wondered if you dudes okay. knew who the chief composer was for the Leone's share of Sergio's, uh, for the Lion's share of Sergio's spaghetti westerns. Good turn of phrase there, by the way, <laughs> Sergio Leone. Um, it was Ennio Morricone, born in 1928, has scored over 500 movies and received five Oscar nods. But it was his unique contribution toward the feel of spaghetti westerns where he was truly carved where he has truly carved an original niche just listen to that memorable memorably epic theme from the good the bad and the ugly or listen to the lesser-known death rides a horse a neo wove whistling creepy harmonicas gritty electric guitars and trumpets the man was a trumpet player, and often his themes are delivered by a solo, high-pitched belting trumpet lead. The results are a one-of-a-kind sense of operatic theme, um, are a one-of-a-kind sense of operatic themes that movies it's hard to pick through. Uh, sorry, that are as tragic as they are epic. I.M.D. being a Neo yields so many movies it's hard to pick through. So I recommend the previously mentioned movies and their sequels, as well as any flick with the word "Ringo" in the title. <laughs> my favorite tune of his is used in my favorite movie, but it was originally from 1968's *Il *Il Mercenario*. Man, damn it! Mercenario. The mercenary. <laughs> That's the translation. Apparently my Italian's not so great. With the main theme titled El Arena. So give it up for a dude who wrote some legendary tunes for some even more legendary-er heroes. Ennio Morricone. I'm sorry for anyone that uh, is Italian for which I have brutally <laughs> butchered those names. Um, I'm great with my Spanish, not so great with uh, Italian.
3: I
2: think it's i I I Italian, yeah.
0: Thank you, John. I appreciate you clarifying that. It's not
1: right. Italian,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's Italy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh okay. John's Culture Corner.
2: Alright, have you guys ever seen uh the Star Wars movies? <laughs> there were three pretty good ones, three that kinda sucked, so I guess it kinda breaks even. <laughs> which which were the three good ones. Uh well episode four five and six of, we all know okay. that we all know that <laughs> actually only two of those are pretty good uh the the so which one of the, the
1: two that are good what? five and six
2: four and five are four, good
1: four and five
2: yeah what the very first the seventy seven Star Wars oh yeah uh,
3: groundbreaking uh, sir
2: way better than way better than Jedi fun fun little parlor trick that I learned um go up to any girl um someone who maybe not a super young girl, maybe like over 25 or 26, and uh, write down on a piece of paper the one with the Ewoks, and then say, hey, which Star Wars movie do you think is the best one? And she'll go, um, the one with the Ewoks. And then you turn the paper over. And she's like, wow, that's amazing. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, go watch Star Wars. It's pretty good.
0: You know Joey and I mentioned this uh, on the ride home tonight. I think that the Star Wars franchise, new and old, are all pretty good
3: the The that, new ones get a worse you mentioned
0: on the way home
2: tonight <laughs> they they get a worse rap than they deserve surely.
0: yeah i I think the the trouble is people look at the originals, people our age, when they first came out, they were like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing, this is so fantastic." Nobody has ever done anything this, you know, epic before. And so we look at them through those rose-colored glasses of hindsight and nostalgia, and we automatically ascribe to them some sort of greatness, which they really don't have. If you actually listen to the dialogue, it's terrible. It's terrible. In all of them. Yes. Right, not, right. Not a one of them is, are, are you getting any sort of, you know, classical... Um, expose of you know human emotion or anything like that. It's a silly sci-fi story. Now, don't get me wrong, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. I'm a huge fan of it. But when I have to sit there and listen to people go on and on about how, oh, he totally ruined the whole story by doing episodes 1, 2, and 3. They're awful. They're terrible. It's like, you know what? I, I don't have any respect for you at all anymore.
3: It, it well, it
2: is a very silly argument to say that by making those first three movies somehow the other three movies get diminished. Get diminished. They do get diminished by when they actually when he actually went and changed the original three <laughs> movies. I, I will agree with that.
0: But. Re- remastered, actually <laughs> is the term.
2: But uh, I I think a great experiment will be um, a few years from now when children who grew up watching episodes one, two, and three. Have legitimate conversations with us mm-hmm. who grew up with four, five, and six um, to discuss the merits and why one or the other is is better kind of thing and I think it it may get really interesting because yeah, uh, so much of what we love about Star Wars is the fact that uh, they are they are kids' movies, kids' movies that were so good to us as kids that it affects our adult lives yeah
1: exactly, exactly. I don't know. I was a six-year-old who wanted
0: Luke Skywalker to die.
2: Well, <laughs> he was pretty whiny. I'll grant you
0: that. Yeah, you're you're from Wyoming, so whatever That's you say That's doesn't count. And we all like
2: Han Solo better. That's just
0: the way it is. <laughs> uh, okay, Joey's Culture Corner. What do you got for us?
1: Uh, this week it is the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical Sunset Boulevard. Uh, if you can go out and pick this up on either MP3 or as a CD or something...
0: Available now on iTunes. Uh,
1: the 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 big idea behind the whole musical it's it's based on the the film from what the nineteen forties I think or somewhere around there. Um, and the the big idea is the price we pay for our dreams, and be careful how much you you think you're willing to pay for to get your dream, because you might destroy everything that's of value in the process of achieving that dream. Uh, and the 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 premise is, you know, I mean, it, it's been done uh, ever since Sunset Boulevard was a film again you know I, I think it was in the 40s um, we, we've seen many different takes on it in pop culture over the years so I don't think there's going to be anybody to whom the the principle is refreshingly new but the music and the lyrics and the way that the music and the lyrics portray what the characters and the actors are doing on stage and the way, the way it comes across in audio form for me I've never actually seen the thing live but it's so vividly done in the in the um I'm specifically referring to the the version where Glenn Close was playing um Norma Desmond uh the way it's done in the audio recording comes across so vividly that I can see it in my mind as though I were actually sitting there watching it I give it a thumbs up it's truly enjoyable
2: 1950 Joey. okay thank yeah. you you're off by a whole decade.
1: <laughs> hey, I think I was doing pretty good to get even get that close. I almost said
0: 1970s, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't seen either the movie or listened to the musical before, so... Um... You have...
1: Uh, I, I'll bet you've seen the story, either in an episode of Animaniacs or DuckTales or something else when you were growing up as a child. That it so, was. So
0: what's the general story?
1: The, the general story is uh it follows the character of Joe who wants to be a big time movie writer and in in order to deal with the fact that he has some financial shortcomings while he's trying to write uh he moves he moves in with a fading actress Norma Desmond who she's basically gone off her nut i mean she's she's a little bit bonkers she has written a screenplay because she wants it to be her, her big comeback, her, you know her return to the big, the silver screen because she was a silent movie star. and ever since the talkies came around, she's fallen out of favor. So she brings in this writer and basically becomes his sugar mama uh, while he's supposed to be going over her play and preparing it and, and you know ghostwriting basically the play for production to get it into uh, a, a movie production company. The whole time he's actually secretly working on his own material with a woman that he's starting to fall in love with. And the whole thing ends in tragedy when Norma Desmond finally realizes, hey, this guy's not, he's not doing what I wanted him to do. And he, he says, you know, I'm, I'm leaving you. I want to go be happy with this person who's my own age and is not a washed-up washed up actress. And there's just a, a big tragic scene.
0: A washed-up act Actress.
1: I did not say that, and I have the recording to prove it. Uh, So you're saying that I've seen this in
0: DuckTales?
1: I know DuckTales did a version of it, and I know that... don't
0: recall DuckTales ever having covered such adult themes. And I know that uh,
1: um, Animaniacs did it. I can't remember in DuckTales specifically who the players were, but in the Animaniacs version... I don't remember
0: anything about the plot or anything about any of the characters. in
1: In the Animaniacs version... Or no, it wasn't Animaniacs, it was... That uh, was Tiny Toons Tiny Toons it was the red-headed little girl <laughs> is Norma Desmond Elmira Elmira uh, and the green duck is the character of Joe and that was the Tiny Toons version of it
2: right I could see him with the typewriter yeah now uh, Sunset Boulevard that's a that is a great movie I didn't know there was a musical Um, I really yeah I really want to I want to see the cartoon versions now because <laughs> I'm sure when I saw them Originally, I wouldn't have known what they were referencing, but I think I think the idea you, you usually see the Norma Desmond character in, like cartoons, like this person who, uh, the the fading star. It kind of it, it's a character you see often, and it it's from Sunset Boulevard. You'll yeah. see kind of archetypes of that.
0: I'm glad that uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber did it, though. I mean, instead of a hack like Sondheim or anybody else out there. If I could
1: kill you with my brain.
0: <laughs> uh, you're no river, sir. Um, okay, well, you gave it a thumbs up, right? Yes. Okay, well, if anybody's interested in a musical about an aging um
1: There's, there's a version with Patty LuPone, in my opinion, it's not as good as the one with Glenn Close,
0: but uh, they're, they're both okay. And Glenn Close did the one from the 50s? No. She was in the musical.
1: There's... There, there are musical releases of both the Broadway cast and I believe it was the Los Angeles cast. The Broadway cast was P- Patti LuPone. The Los Angeles cast, these are both the musical. The Los Angeles cast was Glenn Close. I, I feel like the Glenn she, Close one was
0: better. I didn't realize she did music. Yeah, I didn't either she did until she did that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, uh, let's go on to episodes then. Okay. We are going to cover episodes 13 through 14 of Firefly. We'll go ahead and start off with episode 13, The Message. When Mal and Zoe receive a body by mail, they are forced to sacrifice
1: a bit of their past in order to protect their present.
0: Okay, a question to start off with. Why are there big, massive television screens on the outside of the space station?
1: So that it looks like Blade Runner?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I get it if it's like, you know, in Times Square. You know, you're kind of advertising, it's you know, so this mass mecca where loads and loads of people come. But it just doesn't make sense why it would be on the outside. Does that? Can anybody see a reason why? it?
2: Is the whole reason I'm here to, like, find reasons for the things you have problems with? You are here no. to defend Firefly, John. <laughs> I,
0: I don't have a problem with it. It's just, what would be the point of it?
2: I, I would assume that, as in any type of hub... There are people waiting to like dock, pretty much.
1: So they're like circling, waiting for their turn, taxiing kind of Something
2: thing. something like that. Like they're not just gonna instantly just kind of beam aboard anywhere. And so um and so there is a good there's advertising space There's an opportunity there because yeah. there's time. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. You have a I'll captive stop, audience. I'll stop asking you those questions if you stop coming up with reasonable answers to them. <laughs> How's that? Is that a fair trade? Sure, sure. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> awesome. I'm actually looking more forward to uh, John coming up with these terrible <laughs> answers for this than there. I
2: wouldn't call my answers terrible.
0: No, no, no. Coming up with finding terrible answers so that you know so that I'll he'll stop, stop asking you. Okay, I'll work on that. Yeah, I bet those would be fun.
1: How, how do you feel about carny sideshows, guys? As a rule. Is that something you would ever go pay to see?
0: I, I always wanted to, like, as a kid, but as I grew up, like, going to the, the county fair when there was, like, oh, come see the world's biggest alligator or come see the world's biggest horse. And it's like, as a kid, I was like, oh, man, I totally want to see that. As I got older, I was like, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> I, that's dumb. John?
2: Uh, no, it never really interested me. Not so much um, because I'm like, oh, I wouldn't find any interest in it, but I just freaks of nature just upset me. (laughs) I freak out really easy with stuff like that, so I I usually just avoid it. I don't, I don't get, I don't get much entertainment out of it. Is it
0: safe to say that nature in general freaks you out, though? Yeah,
2: normal nature. (laughs) Is bad no. enough? Is bad enough. Yes, exactly. Uh, when nature starts mutating, then it's like the stuff of nightmares for me.
0: Huh? Okay. Oh, man. This is why you're on, I, I want <laughs> you to come on the podcast. Fair enough. You're awesome. Um, okay. So, Simon's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> he, he goes I, for the joke. I, I, what in the world was he thinking? N- never do this with a woman, just in case there's anybody out there who's... Still not sure. Definitely a bad idea. To be
1: fair, once you're married, you can get away with it a lot easier. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you can make those kind of jokes, and your wife just rolls her eyes. <laughs>
2: you make the joke. Oh yeah, you're the only wife around.
1: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, you know, we uh, my my mom when we first got married, my mother loaned us some tapes that was like a some famous marriage counselor that did a, a session, and they recorded it. And the guy, <laughs> the, the marriage counselor guy, says. Okay, husbands, I'm gonna tell you what not to do here. And we you know my wife and I were listening to this as we're driving down the street, and the guy says, Don't ever you know, take your wife to a work party and introduce her as this is my first wife, Dee Dee they don't find that funny and i i'm just laughing and laughing like this is the funniest joke i've heard in weeks this is my first wife Dee, Dee. She and she's just getting so mad at me she said like, why do you find that so funny because it's so ridiculous the idea that i would ever have a second wife that pointing it out is it's just funny it's playing with expectations and and playing with the english language in ways that are just funny and to this day, I've never dared actually use the joke, but man, I want to so bad. It was such a great joke.
0: Tell you what, when I get married and you want to introduce me, okay. you can introduce me as Pete. Oh, and this is his first wife. Oh, that works. So-and-so. Because she's going to hate me anyway. <laughs> I can't see how she could do any other. Um, okay, so here's the thing. We have the postal system, or at least some form of... Yep transportation of mail or goods of some sort how do you suppose that works is it seems like it might be regulated by the actual alliance alliance and it seems like this guy had to go out and get a license to. Do yeah, he's
1: this. a franchisee i i look at it as like a ups i, I think it works similar to the way ups works I've become a franchisee of UPS, but I still have to adhere to the laws of what the Alliance tells me we're allowed to ship around.
0: Okay, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm good with that. I, I like that idea. But how does it work in an interstellar travel system? Because, you, you know, do, does Malcolm have, like, a P.O. box? He has, he has an station, account with UPS. And, and how do they go about, like, saying... Hey, you know what? They just got mailing. Like he gets he gets this dead body. Yeah, that could have literally been sitting around for weeks while he's making some run, and he's just sort of like, yeah, I'll get around to that eventually. You know, it, do you suppose that's how it works?
1: Well, the guy did ma- mention that he would sent Mal a wave, which I think is their way of saying you know a message or an email of some sort. Okay. To say I have important packages for you, come get them.
2: You sent them a Google Wave. <laughs> <laughs> they had no idea that
3: Google Wave
0: wouldn't be around in the future. <laughs> Way to go, Whedon. I think I really Google Wave was in the future out. for Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I think that that's really interesting. I wonder what that wave system is then. If you know, what's that next bit of technology that exists out there in the form of, you know, the wave that you can send around. I wonder what that is. And obviously, we're we're not going to get an explanation, yeah. but I'm just curious. I mean, if it's... Well,
1: they clearly have some form of the Internet. I mean, we saw it in the episode Out of Gas when he talks about, you know, there's something you can do here. You can boost the signal by sticking it in... I can't remember now. But they they have some form of signal that there's obviously relay stations set up, and and they do have some kind of wireless communication system that goes... Throughout the
0: known-verse. Okay. Um, why do you guys suppose Jane's mom put hay... <laughs> in with the in, hat? In the package with the yarn hat. Okay. <laughs> what, what sort of padding did she feel like that package needed? Or am I just getting too analytical at this point? Okay, here we go. All right.
2: As we all know, space is incredibly cold, <laughs> so there is a chance that the hat could freeze within the box and get jostled and shatter.
1: <laughs> okay,
2: you're, I, you're still
1: trying too hard, John.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: I I thought it was interesting. You know, they start off talking about. Uh, they, they're having trouble still fencing the Lasseter that they mm-hmm. stole in the previous episode. I
0: like that. I like mm-hmm. that crossover.
1: And I just it made me think, you know, if I had stolen goods, I I don't know how I'd fence them these days. I I don't know how you'd get rid of something that was hot. Do you guys have any ideas, suggestions, maybe contacts you can hook me up <laughs> with?
2: <laughs> I don't even know where to get. I don't know, even know where to purchase hot items. So uh, I don't. If you ever watched. um Breaking Bad, that's one of the huge, like, conflicts of at least, like, the first couple of seasons, is like, okay, we have this talent, we can do this, how can we, how can we unload this safely and conveniently in this world, because they're such, they're such amateurs, and it, it, if there's one thing that's turned me away from crime, it's, it's realizing (laughs) all of the different variables involved in it, like, oh, no, no, we, we. the the score that has to happen after the score. It's a whole new story. And it's like you, you have to practically do another heist to unload the thing you heisted. So the guy who comes up with the crime supermarket will be the one to turn
1: John to a life of crime. The one stop shopping.
2: Yeah, no, that would be a great idea. That's what that's what a, a crime kingpin should be. Should be more of a
1: A Walmart of crime?
2: Yeah, a Walmart of crime, not some menacing figure. Make it open to everybody.
0: Well, I mean, it's a it's a business. It really comes down to it's a business, and you have the exact same issues that every other business has out there. You got a product, you got to move it to your clientele. How are you going to do it? A
1: middleman. Yeah. I, no, I, I get what you're saying. I was just commenting on the fact that there actually was a time in my life where I had a person that I could rely upon to get rid of stolen items if I had so desired to do. Not saying I ever did. Um, but now that I you know I no longer have contact, I haven't heard from that guy in 15, almost 20 years now. And so I'm like, I just, this just got me thinking, yeah, if I had a hot item, I'd have a little bit of a tough time getting rid of it. Curtis. Okay.
2: I, I was listening to some more stand-up the, the comedians in this front. week. <laughs> um. One of the guys said how uh, he wasn't an experienced drug user because he doesn't know any drug dealers, and from his understanding, the way you know a drug dealer is is you just know a guy in elementary school who becomes a drug dealer eventually, <laughs> and that's your in. Other, other than that, he doesn't know how to find that in.
0: If it doesn't happen in elementary school, it's not going to happen for you, so just move on. Um, okay. So, turns out this guy is an old army buddy. And so we get this flashback battle scene. Um, yeah. And we, we get to see um, Zoe. Pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind it I saying that.
1: I, I wouldn't want to tangle with her. Yeah. yeah. She
0: scared me. She was just so matter of fact about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Almost sociopath kind of thing. Just no no emotion. Just, yep. Slip the guys for up
1: I, I think it's fair in that certain under those circumstances to become a sociopath, at least temporarily. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to point out if either of you ever sends me a coffin, expect it to come back to you unopened with the bill due COD. <laughs> I am not taking that.
0: <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we better return that, uh, John. <laughs> if, you, if you can call UPS for us, that'd be great.
2: <laughs> oh, dang it! You said I was like. I was like, Pete, where are we going to unload this body? <laughs> it's okay, I know a guy.
0: You guy, who's Joey. Yeah.
2: Dang it. Okay, fine.
0: All right, well, I guess the backyard's going to have to do now.
1: I, I just don't understand why they accept the package at that point. I don't care if he is your good buddy. He's a corpse now.
0: I, I don't see why the that uh, that guy would have gotten in trouble for having received a package that had a dead body in it. He seemed to make a big deal, like, oh my gosh, I'm totally breaking the law right now because I allowed a dead body to come in. Is he required to scan everything? How could he have possibly known? He could not be responsible.
1: You're assuming there's some kind of safe harbor law for the Postal Service.
0: Uh, I I would assume so. I mean, uh, he he can't be responsible for everything in that package.
1: Here in the real world, in in our modern time, there is a real problem with the fact that System administrators at internet service providers can be put in jail for being the system administrator of a computer with child pornography on it. They just, you know, just a few years back they started working on getting some good safe harbor laws in place to protect the system administrators because, yeah, I can't be responsible for every single file that's on the server where I have thousands and thousands of customers, but currently, Depending on you know exactly how the law breaks down, I could potentially end up serving prison time for something someone else uploaded onto a server. Yeah,
0: and you've mentioned that to me before, but what I find, uh, how many people have actually been prosecuted for that?
1: How many system administrators have gone to jail for it? I know of at least three, but how many people have actually gone to jail over child pornography? Just a handful. I mean, it doesn't. It's not something that happens every day,
0: right? Oh, I. I disagree. I hear about that on KSL all the time. Really? Oh yeah, all the time. Okay. I, I, I just don't see the the system administrator. You know, I, I I'm betting there's more to it than oh we found this on your system. You're going to jail. Well, my I, point I feel is like there's a lot more. My to it my point is
1: it. as a system administrator, if I find child pornography on the system, my reaction is going to be very similar to this guy's reaction, which is holy crap. I could potentially be in trouble for what happened here, even though I had nothing to do with it. I I I understand his panic.
0: I I could see his panic if he's required to, like, announce it to the Alliance. Oh, my gosh, this package was opened in my presence, and so now I'm, because I have actual knowledge of it. Versus a system administrator who finds it, doesn't actually do anything about it, and allows it to continue to be there. Then I i personally see that well maybe that he is person. supposed
1: to report it we don't know
0: yeah we don't uh, we, we don't
2: i th- i thought it was you said is he expected to inspect everything that comes in i why wouldn't he if if someone if if you um get furniture delivered to your house um and it's like from a large item shipper then uh you are expected to uh, inspect it before the driver leaves and checks it off mm-hmm. um, and if if you find damage later, you call the people you ordered it from. I know this a little bit because of what I do uh and uh you know and then those people contact the shipper. the shipper will say they checked it off. This has nothing to do with us, mm-hmm. and so in a sense, um this could work in the same way for this guy, whoever unloaded it uh And he, you know, has a little clipboard. He checked it off. He has to inspect that The the responsibility passes on to him as Mm -hmm. far as what's in it. Could be. Yeah, that certainly
1: could be. You know, along along those same veins, uh, last year my parents were trying to buy a new, I can't remember, some kind of mechanical piece of equipment. And the guy brought the box out. You know, they drove the big truck out to my parents' house, unloaded the huge box. And there's oil leaking out of the bottom and the top corner is all smashed in. And my mom says, I'm not signing for that. And the guy says, well, I'm not leaving your house until you do. And he sat there in my parents' yard for four and a half hours before my mom finally called the store and said, hey, you got this guy here, and he wants me to sign the paperwork, but the device is not in acceptable condition. And they said, well, it's tough. You already paid. You need to sign the paperwork, or he's not going to leave. And so she went out there, took pictures of everything, recorded the guy saying... Yes, I understand that there's damage, but I will not leave until you sign the paperwork. She signed the paperwork, and they still ended up eating the whole thing. My parents did. So. I would have called the police. That's a good good point. Uh,
2: you want to say what the uh, carrier was in this case? I think that's worth 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 mentioning.
1: Yeah, uh, I believe it, it was a bit. Boulevard Home Furnishings in St. George, Utah.
0: Nice. Okay, everybody remember that. Eat it, Boulevard Home Furnishings. <laughs> Wait, what mechanical thing can you get from a home furnishing place that has... I'm cameras? trying to remember. I remember it had a motor of some kind. in It might have
1: been a... Uh, a really ric- nice hide a bed?
0: Their, their generator TV that you <laughs> have, you then have to uh, rip cord on I, it, to I gonna say, it. I was going to say, I think start. it might
1: have been actually a, like a generator of some sort. A power supply generator. I don't know.
0: Oh, well.
1: It's been a while. And I probably wasn't paying that much attention to the story at that point.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: the Facts from that story may or may not be true, as expressed by Joey. Um, okay, so basically they, they get the MP3 player. I'm um, glad to see those things are still basically the same size in the future, but hey, why not? Um, they decide, okay, we're going to take the body home. We're going to honor his wishes. We're going to fly at home to wherever his parents live.
2: Oh, that's what I was going to say. I forgot to... Uh, Joey, you asked, you know, I would never sign for this. I think in the context of this episode...
1: Your cord is coming out on the bottom or something. You're cutting in and out as far as whether you're picking up, like, really bad. Dang.
2: Yeah, I I think it, uh we, we talked about this a little while ago. Maybe we'll have to go back and, and like, listen. As far as... Uh, how we care for our dead. We talked about this a little bit. It it kind of became a matter of uh, showing respect culturally. Since um, we respected him, we would obviously respect his family. Uh, and so I think that's why they did it. Anyway, yeah, so they respected his family, so I think that's why they did it. Okay. Like, his respect carried over. and gotcha. You know, it with 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 that, that knowledge they they they're not going to yeah they're just going to do it they're going to carry it over through the family
1: okay uh there there's this scene where this thing they call it a seeker is like homing in on them during one of the flashbacks and Mal throws something up in the air like did that scene make sense to anybody i could not figure out i watched it like 5 times trying to figure out what was going on there because it seems like what Mal did was pull a grenade out throw it straight up in the air over his own head and then dive to the ground while the debris fell all around him.
0: No, I, I think the seeker itself was some sort of armed device going out there looking for people, soldiers, some sort of piece of equipment. Heat. It was looking for heat. And but he, th- he threw something, right? It was yep. a flare that he threw up. Oh, okay. Which you know attracted the see. seeker I see. okay. to the point of salvation. I
1: see. Okay, I guess that kind of makes sense though.
0: Uh, okay, so they, uh, the. All of a sudden they have the dirty police officer chasing after them. And the guy's scum. Really. He's not <laughs> I, a good person at all. He's a cop. All. No, he is not. He is. He is a dirty policeman. He is a policeman.
2: Yeah, you make he, me sick. He's within a subset
3: of
0: police. Okay. Um,. And they're firing off these uh, charges at kind of like EMP-looking things. Yeah, um, I'm assuming which would be more effective in space: firing off EMP devices or like actual percussion, like explosive things. Well, in, in space,
1: just as far as um, carrying it, carrying the explosive around an EMP would be much more space and energy efficient than carrying around something with enough air in it to actually create a concussive bubble in outer space. Mm.
0: So then what was that thing that they were were carrying, do you think? I I don't know.
1: It might have been nukes. Could have potentially been nukes.
0: Because that doesn't need air? No, it doesn't. I don't know how a nuclear weapon or a nuclear weapon works. <laughs> Not familiar with either of them. So uh, they go boom, really big.
1: Yeah, read the. Uh, I believe it's chapter twenty-four of Tom Clancy's *The Son of All Fears*, where he actually goes nanosecond by nanosecond and walks you through what happens inside a nuclear explosion. It's very cool.
0: Hmm. Or can I just watch the movie with the? Uh, no. It would you would not get the same effect.
2: Well no, he would play it in slow motion though. <laughs> that part.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh anyway, uh River lays on the coffin. <laughs> and this uh, kinda goes into this, oh, you know, hey, we all deal with death in a different way. Um, you know, because Jane Wants I, I, to celebrate life. Yeah. Shepard gets contemplative uh, a little bit. I would think that that would go the opposite. That the guy who's constantly living on the edge would be the one who's like, whoa, my life could get snuffed out at any moment. I don't know. Maybe that's just the way I would if I... I would react if I were Jane.
1: I thought when they explained it in character that it made a lot of sense, where he says, you know, sure. my line of work, you never know when the, the next thing's coming around and it's meant for you, so you live it to the hill all the time. Yeah. I felt like that was consistent.
2: It seems like Jane is kind of a an addict of, uh, I don't know, jocularity, uh, having fun, kind of this... Mm-hmm. L- live you. it up kind so, of guy. So he, he'd, he'd tap into his stash more when he's stressed out, maybe.
0: <laughs> it's just weird because, as uh, matter of fact, this week I my mom called and told me about a couple of people from back home that died this week. Do uh, you remember the name Peter Acosta? He told me about
1: the, that he'd passed away. I don't remember him. Yeah. The name rings a bell, but...
0: And, and then the, the father of one of my childhood friends... Um, also died of a stroke. And so it was just... It made me stop for a second. And go, wow, okay. People are going to start dying here yeah. eventually. Yeah. As I'm getting older now, I'm not really in danger of dying relatively soon. Not that I'm aware of. But
1: but you know I'm going off pretty quick here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there, It's going to start happening now. Sooner and sooner and sooner. And so it gave me... A moment of pause. I, I acted more like Shepard in that case. Okay. And the the I, I thing wish I actually I could have acted more like River um, you know, to, to went laid to on their coffin. Lay on the coffin.
1: The thing I really liked about this just prior to the scene that you're describing where they're all kind of huddled around in the cargo bay and you know Wash immediately says you know I, I need to go lay in a course. It's about two days hard burn from here. The, the fact that it seemed like Everyone in that room knew how to handle the situation that they were in. They knew emotionally and socially how to interact with Mal at that point to give him what he needed from those people. Uh, it's something I have always struggled with when, when someone that I'm not close to, but you know, a, a friend of mine loses a loved one, or someone I care about loses their loved one. When I didn't actually know that, that third person, it's hard for me to know how to connect and because i i don't actually share the grief that they're going through and i have trouble um what's the term i'm looking for empathizing i suppose with with what they're going through because you know i i just i didn't know that other person and even for most of the people that i know if they die i i don't really see it as that bad of a thing necessarily now that being said if my wife or kids die i am probably going to be a complete mess and will probably never be a functional human being again as long as i live but short of those three people i feel like yeah you know if if pete died i'd be sad I'd, i'd feel bad but i'd feel bad because i'm gonna miss you pete not because i think death is such a terrible thing I've just never been that guy that feels like, oh, their life has been rent from them and and all the things they could have been are lost. I feel like, nah, you know, if they lived right, they're in a better place. If they didn't, well, they kind of got what they deserved, right? (laughs) Anyway, it's something I have trouble with and so I enjoyed the portrayal of watching. I don't know, maybe there's something I can learn
0: from these characters there on how how to help people deal with death. I don't know. I think you're just supposed to pat him on the back and say, They're there. They're there. It'll be all right. and As robotically as possible, right? Yeah. A nice jerky pat. Try and give them the most awkward hug possible. <laughs> um, anyway, so a lot of stuff suddenly starts to happen uh, because they're realizing, uh, oh, crap. This Apparently there was something maybe in this crate that this guy wants, and so they start ripping it apart. <laughs> And then they realize, okay, it's probably inside their friend. So they take him in, start to do the autopsy. He wakes up at the exact moment that he starts to get cut into. And, uh, which is a pretty funny scene for everybody else to, to watch. Um, then the whole story comes out. How he has been, he's, he was a organ smuggler and that's got to be a really, really dangerous line of work because there's no guarantee that they're going to put your organs right. back in you. That's exactly you, what I was thinking. Is you, you, you could just all of it. Once you, you have uh, hey, given the, the delivery. The okay, we're done with them.
3: Yeah. <laughs> why, why Why
1: would they bother to pay the extra expense to put your original organs back in once they've got what they need from you? Right. You are completely at their mercy and there's absolutely no reason from a, strictly from a business sense for them to go through with the second half of that transaction.
2: Um, and I also had a question. And You would have to run the organs twice, wouldn't you? Um, wherever planet he was on, he was going back to Ariel to get his original organs, if I understand correctly.
0: I got the sense that they were somehow shipping them separately over to wherever he was supposed to end up at. So did I. That—that's the sense I got. It was okay. never—it was never expressly stated that way, though. Okay. It, it's never said. So yeah, I, I, I don't. Well, I could easily be quite wrong on that. I yeah, have no. For idea. For some reason,
2: and I guess that makes sense because I guess you can. I guess you can ship grown organs just fine. <laughs> but um uh yeah, I got the impression that uh he had to get rid of his organs on Ariel. Then he had to go somewhere else. With new organs, then they had to fit new organs that they were growing in that place, where he had to go back to Ariel to get his original organs back. Um,
0: and, Worst transportation system ever. Right.
2: Yeah. And and he said he had another buyer. If he has another buyer, doesn't he have to? Doesn't he have to go through the same people who have yeah, his when, organs? When's
0: he ever going to get his additional organs back? Yeah. Great point.
2: Yeah. And so. I mean, that would be even more dangerous because, you know, just like what you guys said, the double-cross will happen. is like, okay, here I am. And they're like, okay, here's your additional money. And you know what? We don't have any additional organs for you. So uh, in your last few minutes of living, you may want to just roll around in this money we just gave you. <laughs>
0: I like that. Um, anyway, so the the whole point of this is, you know, he's... He's running from the the supposed law here, and they're like, "Okay, we got to run. We got to get to this planet. We got to go down. We got to try and get away from these cops." Shepard, oddly, seems to be the one who's like, "Hey, you know what? They didn't check in with the police station."
1: It's not that odd. Shepard spent time in the Alliance military, has familiarity with their practices. Did he? That's what we were led to believe. From what, though? From the episode where he shows them his Identicard and they all become obsequious to him.
0: Yeah, that's just it, though. We, we have no idea what his background is. Okay. I, I disregard the fake comic history that <laughs> was given to Shepherd Book, which does suggest that he had been in the military. I just... I thought they did a terrible job of telling that story. So I'm not partial to it anyway. So they realize, okay, well, we've got this plan to, you know, here's what we're going to do. He walks in on it at, again, the worst time possible. And nobody bothers to just give the simple explanation like John pointed out a, you know, a few podcasts back, which was, hey, look, we, we've got a way to, to keep you safe. We're not going to kill you or hand you over. And, you know, but I guess the hilarity can't ensue if, you know, (laughs) you tell them straight up what's actually going to happen.
2: Yeah, No, no, don't tell them. This will be hilarious. Oh, he's got a gun.
0: (laughs) Um, Anyway, so he starts flipping out and uh, takes a hostage, shoots the radio, um, ends up getting shot himself a couple of times. And slowly dies, and that's the end of him.
2: Now, that first shot was Zoe's shotgun. Was that was it? Full of like buckshot or something? Yeah, like rock salt or yeah, something weird. It did not I'm seem lethal.
0: It's got I don't know because if that's the case, she's got to be hitting more than just him. It's tunable. That's what it is.
1: It's it's tunable damage.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So she set it to stun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it didn't seem to go straight through him, did it?
1: It didn't even really seem to break the skin much.
0: Well, there's blood, though.
1: Like it looked like uh, like he'd gotten fallen, gotten a bad rug burn to me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
0: oh well. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, I, I guess, and that's really all I have here.
1: Uh, as they're having the, did I write this down in the wrong spot? Is there a funeral scene in this movie? Yes. Okay. In this episode, movie. There, there's, there's a funeral scene in both. In episodes. both these. Okay. So I wrote down here on this episode, why do we uncover our heads as a sign of respect? Uh, Jane. Yeah. Jane takes off the silly hat. So like the whole movie, he's been wearing this woolen hat, right? In places where he 's probably not particularly cold, they go down on the planet where it 's snowing, and in the funeral, he takes off his warm woollen hat and it just uh, that dichotomy made me stop and think, I wonder where that tradition comes from what what's the root behind all of that of yeah you know let's let's remove whatever is on our heads to show signs of respect
2: uh i've got a theory, yeah,
0: Sorry, John, defend this. <laughs>
2: Um, I think it's in defiance of the Jewish custom to show reverence by putting something on your head. <laughs> uh, so
1: we're just we're all still mad at the Jews. Yeah,
2: so. yeah. Some, well, so, someone back when because we don't know the reason. I mean, we just admitted that we don't know. But someone didn't like Jews. And so they're like, I'm going to show respect in the opposite way. Interesting.
1: I-, I wonder if it has anything to do with saluting is what that was that was the thought that I came up with this because if you're in uniform, you don't put your hat over your shoulder you put your you hold your hat in your other hand and you salute hmm.
3: but Maybe. if you're Maybe. out
1: of uniform, you're supposed to put your hat over your shoulder I've
0: seen people Maybe. in uniform who are wearing hats salute with their hat on them. they're
1: not supposed to by the way, did you guys know it's against the law to not remove your hat when the ever f- ever during the pledge of allegiance or during the national anthem if you do not remove your hat it's against the law there's no it's in the united states code there's no, <laughs> no penalty defined for not doing so it's a federal law but it is a federal law that that it, you are to do that i thought that was kind of interesting i was i did some research trying to find the answer to this question didn't come to anything that really felt like an answer that made sense but
0: what the government would get out of our lives? Let me wear my hats wherever I want to, whenever I want
1: to. I did come across a post, uh, a post, an entry from Emily Post in 1922, I think it was, that said, uh, if you see a person wearing their hat during the Pledge of Allegiance or during the national anthem, that it is perfectly within your manners to reach over and remove their hat.
2: It's a man, or yes, a man. Okay, because yeah. because women
1: women are not supposed to remove their hats. Okay, yeah.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Double standard. Okay, uh, did anybody else notice the grav uh, anti-grav conversation that Kaylee had with um, the 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 kid? What was it? Tracy. Tracy?
2: Right.
3: She because said she
0: was saying, "Hey, this is going to get really weird for a little bit because." We're in our own anti-grav area, but we're headed into a planet that has its own gravity, so it kind of plays tricks with your stomach. You know, basically saying, "Yeah, it's a little, going to get a little weird, a little fuzzy for you here real quick. I thought that was kind of neat that they talked about it. They acknowledged about, it, yeah. Yeah, that there is, you know, this thing that exists that allows gravity, whatever that thing is, it encircles that bubble of the ship.
2: Right, and I never noticed them talking about gravity before. I just figured it was a strictly uh, budget thing where we're supposed to assume they're floating around on the ship, but they're not. Gonna, they're not going to show it.
0: It <laughs> would be handholds all over that ship. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I don't have anything else, John. You want to cover anything?
2: Uh, not really. I. I mean, I'll just say really quick. I just sat back and enjoyed the episode for the most part.
0: Yeah. Good one. Let's go with Brainy Smurf. Listener comments to okay. start off with. He says, I love the quote about magical wish granting planks. <laughs> I also like this episode much more during the rewatch. It should be called Gut Runner. Now there's a title. Hmm. Uh, Mandarin quote of the week is from this episode Dong La. In the context of the episode, it means, you understand? I thought so. Good. Now shut up. <laughs> but it usually just means, you get it, dude? The gut-running idea is also pretty good sci-fi. So, sci-fi 7, TV 8, Western 8. Uh, listener M says, Is it just me, or is Zoe extra hot in battle? <laughs> I, Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that's just you. <laughs> No, I'll, I'll speak for myself. There
2: is he speaking of the flashback battle where she was crazy, or just the battle in general, like the present day battle in this one. <laughs> she she she
1: was at an appropriate spot on the crazy hot scale. <laughs>
2: nice.
0: Uh, he continues. I like that Jane likes his mom's hat. It's good to know that the mail still works in the future. And it's disappointing that the funeral industry is still a cartel and won't allow the market into their corrupt business. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shouldn't privacy uh, shouldn't, shouldn't private Tracy have thought out his plan better? He didn't exactly wake up at the best time. I'm interested in uh, his business model though Smuggling internal organs would probably be very profitable.
2: The thing about Tracy's plan that I'm, I'm still trying to figure out is maybe there was some other message besides himself. Um, but for it to work, he had... First of all, he woke up at just the right time. Well, I think barely. the
1: trauma of what was going on is what woke him up.
2: Maybe. I was thinking maybe that's a possibility. I don't know. I mean, it seems like if it, a, a drug like that... Like, if you're overdosed on something, it doesn't matter what, ha- what someone does to you. But, you know, maybe, you know, for that point, sure. Um, but also... I, I, I assumed that they were supposed to get to him in advance and he was actually supposed to wake up in his family's presence uh, was his plan. But they were late getting to the post office to pick him up. Um, and so I don't know if he had a, a separate message for them or not, but I would figure there is just as good a chance as them doing an autopsy on on Serenity as there was for his family to bury him. Uh, so I I don't know... I mean, very risky, You, you know,
0: Tracy. May, maybe his parents were in on it. You know, because we, we don't ever get an, an explanation about how does this corrupt policeman manage to find the exact place where he had his own body shipped. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it, there was some communication that got, uh, the, you know,
2: there, stolen. There really could have been, for some reason, I... I don't think so because I think we're supposed to sort of believe that, you know, they, you know, they're just they're naive parents, who, right? Okay. You know, I, I, sure. I think that's it, it's not said anywhere, but that's just kind of I think what we're supposed to
0: believe. Okay.
1: Ratings? Ratings. Do we not just... have another? Okay.
0: We've read them. All right. I thought we had three. What? What? Wait. Welcome back from your nap. I thought we had three. No. Okay. Two. <laughs> uh, unless you would like to, is one to of them a 2 sheet two yeah, pager? Those, both of them are two pagers. Okay, they're <laughs> four pagers. Four Sorry. pages. Pete, rating <laughs> television first. Yes. Um, you know, I'm going to give this a five for television. I think this is middle of the road because there's some of the stuff in there, like the 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 guy who is the uh, the policeman. He was just like okay, well, we need a Showing serious, scenery? Yeah. Typ- typical, you know, evil police guy. It's like, uh, and, and there were a few other places where I just kind of rolled my eyes. The, one of the biggest ones was, at, again, at, at the end where they're like, you know, he only hears half the conversation and just jumps right to the conclusion, uh, and nobody bothers to say, no, 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 we're going to keep you alive. You know, who doesn't shout that out as soon as the guns start getting pointed around? Mm-hmm. So anyway, for me... I do love the episode, but it was only a five as far as I'm concerned. Should we do quotes Yeah, now? Do your quotes. Okay. Um, tell me more good stuff about me
3: <laughs>
0: uh, from uh, Kaylee. Um, Zoe, why? Is there someone you are good at talking to? Um, what'd y'all order a dead guy for? It's <laughs> a good one. And let's see here. Anything? Not unless this crate is made of magical wish-granting planks. <laughs> That's probably yep. the best one. That was on my list. Um, spry for a dead fella. <laughs> and then uh I didn't think of that. Can't remember who said that one though. I didn't It, think was, of
1: it was Tracy it was when Tracy. when he I found think. out the plan. He's like, "Oh, was that your plan all along?" Huh. I didn't uh, think of that. Yeah.
2: What he should have said is, nobody told me. <laughs> John? Uh, I didn't write down any lines. Um, TV rating? TV rating. Um, I'm, the only problem I had was not telling Tracy what the plan was. But I'm giving this a 9. Oh, wow. I think this, in a lot of ways, is a very, very uh, beautiful episode. I can understand the complaint about the kind of uh, mustache-twirling villain, um, but since that aspect of this particular episode was kind of in the background uh, compared to this ongoing relationship with this this kid who was sort of brought up by Mal and Zoe um, and their relationship, this this relationship that they had and kind of the... The metaphors they throw back at each other about uh, about relying on people and uh you know doing what you can to get by kind of thing um i I just I found the whole thing very emotional I found some um really nice little touches like one of them like uh, uh when they retrieve the body and and Shepard goes to help uh, Zoe and mal take it out and Zoe just says to him no. We got this, as if to say, "This is this is ours. This is the respect. This is, this is this is a duty that we have, and this is a bond that we have." And it's not like they they don't come out and say this is a bond that we have, but it's just this little this this sort of mini gesture, kind of written into the into the story. That I thought I thought was very powerful. So this is this is one of my this is in this is up there with the pilot and and out of gas for me.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, I only give it a five eight. To me, there is a huge flaw in the whole idea of, okay, we're going to fly down to the planet and then we're going to try to outmaneuver them down inside this valley. and oh, oh Except for we didn't think about the fact that they can just fly above us and look down in the valley and That's see That's where us. the quote comes
0: from. It's Wash. Oh, I didn't uh, think of that. That's right. That. Yeah. 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 Like okay. You guys oh, do this every time. I'll, get them all, I'll come down into this really, really tough valley. Oh, I guess he could stay above us and uh, watch everything that we're doing right now. <laughs> and then
1: they back into the cave, and th- that whole entire sequence feels very, pat- very much like filler to me. They're just trying to stretch the episode long enough because they could have had the whole confrontation with Tracy right there in outer space. The whole, th- you know, that whole thing could have played out in outer space. There was no reason to involve the whole heroics of trying to hide in the valleys and things like that. It just felt like filler for me. And, and it was frustrating. It was a, not the level or quality of writing that I generally expect from a Firefly episode. Uh,
2: a l- interesting bit of trivia. Um, now, you may notice Wash was kind of stressing out while he was piloting mm-hmm. during that sequence. Understandably so. Um, apparently, um, Joss Whedon had it written into Wash's character that uh, he's kind of this crazy guy, but when he's piloting, He's calm, and he's easy, and and he's completely under control. Um, Now, Joss Whedon and Tim Minear, I think that's how you say his name, because I think I've heard them say his name, Minear, which is weird to say, uh, wrote the episode, but I think it was Minear who directed it, and since this was the last one they filmed, uh, Wash said, hey, can I kind of go stress out a little bit and... Meiner's like, yeah, yeah, go for it. That'd be awesome. And and then, like, like after Joss saw the footage, um, he's like, so, he's not calm when he's flying the ship then? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, no, we changed that. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh, Very nice. Pete, science fiction.
0: Uh, I give say a 7. I, I think there's loads of, of good sci-fi themes in here. And uh, I, I, I thought it was good. Okay. John?
2: I'll give it a 7, too. Um, mostly for the the death drug, which I guess I can call a science fiction element, even though it seems like old literature points that this is something we did a lot back in the old days, but I don't think we have the capability to do it I, now. I
0: think it was like the same drug that they gave to them Simon in Simon and River, yeah. When they okay. killed them.
2: Sure, because Simon knew exactly what was happening because he had Jane yeah, hold like, the, the puke <laughs> bucket for him. Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, get that. Yeah. Okay, now put it away. Uh, but yeah, I, I did. I do think it's kind of has anybody ever wondered that like that we have like in Romeo and Juliet, they have drugs that just kind of put them asleep for a few days but i th- I think
1: it 's always been kind of a science fiction aspect that that sticks around it kind of <laughs>
0: it kind of clings
1: yes, I did just say that there's science fiction in Romeo and juliet
0: <laughs> well yeah. i 'm certain that that 's what will was uh, <laughs> intending when he wrote it.
1: I, I, I think it's a, a pervasive myth, but I don't think there's any actual basis, in fact.
2: Except for the Haitian voodoo drug. Okay. Yeah, read uh, Serpent in the Rainbow. That's, that's my uh, culture corner for next week.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, you know, I, I skipped over my uh, my quotes here because you missed a few. Uh, Kaylee, as she's looking at the cow fetus, poor little thing, never saw the light of day. Now it's in show business. Uh,. Let's see, you did what do y'all order a dead guy for? Did you? Did you do? Why, Simon? Is there someone you are good at talking to? Yes, he <laughs> did. did say that.
2: Yeah, yeah that's okay. a good one.
1: Uh, River, when she lays down in the coffin, I'm very comfortable.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, my favorite line, actually, from the whole episode. In fact, uh, this is not my favorite episode, but I really enjoyed this concept that Mal delivers to Tracy. You murdered yourself. I just carried the bullet for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh for science fiction I uh, I'll give it a 7. I think you guys are in the right ballpark. Pete, did you give a western rating? No. Did you, John?
2: Uh I I give it a 4 <laughs> for uh the uh lawman who's breaking his jurisdiction.
3: <laughs> All right. yeah, I'll give
0: it a 2 for the lawman. Okay. Moving on to our next episode, Heart of Gold. Because it's about horrors. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know where that phrase comes from. The hooker with the heart of gold? Yeah.
1: It's just a trope. I don't know where the original source of the trope is.
0: but Because hookers generally have, you know, nothing but terrible hearts? Like, they're horrible people? Well, or... we
2: don't know that because every hooker we see on television actually has the heart of gold. <laughs> but I'm sure people who deal with hookers on a regular occasion know... They're pretty not, terrible. Yeah, people. not all of them have hearts of gold. Yeah. But we wouldn't know that because we only see T V ones.
0: Alright, well, we also get to see a tinfoil house. Which I've gotta say, first I've ever seen. <laughs> why why aren't they why don't we have tinfoil houses? Would that you know, would that help a house stay hotter or cooler, do you think? Well
1: it would certainly keep the alien rays out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I still
2: don't know what happened in this episode. Did you say? Don't you usually say your little.
1: That, that was my little. Yeah, you, know, you heard it. Okay. Because it's about hookers. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> yeah, you did, watched we, it. did we want to discuss more whores versus hookers? Uh, well, now I, would be the time. <laughs> I, I gave it both ways,
1: so, you know, whoever, you know, whichever one you like, pretend I didn't say the other one. Wenches. See, wenches is too nonspecific. Just because they're wenches does not necessarily mean they're performing acts of sex for pay. Oh okay. Well,
2: so a wench is just someone just just an easy
1: woman, right? It's oh, a oh, wench is a a generic term of derision for women from the Middle Ages. It it did not necessarily imply any act.
3: Oh.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. So we have a pregnant whore. <laughs> and she is well pregnant. Well,
1: hold on. We were talking about the we were talking about the house being all covered in tin foil. Oh, all right. So I have to relate a story. And I apologize if I've already related this on the podcast. But it's one of my personal favorite stories from my life. A few years back, uh, about eight years ago now, I took my first trip ever to New Orleans. And while I was down there, I was walking down Bourbon Street through the French Quarter. And there's this guy standing on the street corner, painted entirely metallic silver, wearing a silver metallic top hat, wearing a silver metallic suit. I mean, not an inch of, of this guy was not in metallic silver. And I just kept looking at him thinking, what is going on over here? And the person that I was there with who knew a little bit more about these kind of things than I do said, you know, you keep staring at the guy, he's going to think you want to hire one of his girls. And I said, oh, is that what that means? So apparently in New Orleans, if you're in painted metallic colors, that is, that means you're a pimp what yeah
0: okay I have seen these guys before it's not a guy doing the robot Pete. yeah they're performing artists' <laughs> no, it's like he from, was not from doing 30 the robot rock John you remember the the guy who comes on to 30 rock he gets hired uh, and he's the guy from Canada and he was just his performing artist
3: uh
2: the, the second guy that they hired the tall guy i yes. don't i don't remember how they hired him i don't remember that. yeah one. it
0: was uh jack donaghy was like just walking down the street and he's like you you're the one <laughs> you're the one who's <laughs> gonna come on and, and make this show great uh-huh. and uh then he turns out to be this incredibly amazing actor mm-hmm. who's got this wonderful voice
2: turns out i saw him on broadway before he was on 30 rock Oh. Like, Maria, like, mentioned, he's like, yeah, we went to a show. Remember, it was the guy who eventually was on 30 Rock. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's right. He was in, he starred in Xanadu, the Broadway musical <laughs> Xanadu. <laughs> so I saw him before it was on 30 Rock. So, okay, sorry, that was really tangent there. Sorry. Okay, what were we talking about? The, this Pips. this
1: was different. I've seen those guys, too. This was this was different. Uh, I guess we're just going to have to go to Narlins together, and I can,
0: I can show you how to identify them. I, I think that friend of yours was, was having you on. Hmm. I think so. Could be. Um, There's no way to know
3: <laughs> other than traveling
1: to Norlands and trying to hire a hooker from one of these people.
3: <laughs> yes. Well, we have
0: to do it for the podcast. <laughs> it's research. Yeah. Uh and so we meet uh, this uh, pregnant whore named Petaline and uh she has gotten herself uh in a family way um thanks to this rich evil guy named Rant. Who apparently owns the town. Um, And this is literally ripped from like a western. Yes. Yeah. So I'll I'll definitely be able to come up with a western rating for you guys uh, on this one. That's for sure. Finally doing your job as a podcast host. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so the woman who actually runs this, I, I don't remember what her name is. but Nandy. She definitely carries herself off as a... She plays this part well. I'll just say that. <laughs> a woman of the evening? Yes. Um, or day. I'm sure they probably have uh, rights for both. Um, <laughs> anyway, she's like, oh crap, we, we can't possibly you know, defend ourselves. What are we going to do? Let me call in for some reinforcements. So, turns out she knows Inara. And Inara says... It sounds they went, like they, this, went horror yeah, they went to horse school together. Yeah, to horse school together. Yes, they did. <laughs> um, and Inara says, "Hey, yeah, this is totally, you know, up my guy's alley. Let me see what they can do." And so Mal gets talked into. He's like, "Yeah, sure, this, we'll we'll totally do that." So when I talk about
1: my wife rolling her eyes at me, if you ever want a good visual of what that looks like, when Mal asks Inara in this episode. This distress, it wouldn't happen to be in someone's pants, would it? And Nara gives him a look. That is the exact look my wife gives me uh, when I'm being funny, but she doesn't appreciate the joke.
0: I uh, i didn't need that. I've literally seen that before. <laughs> You've seen it directed your way before. <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, I absolutely have. You're correct. Um, so anyway, they rush to the planet, and they find out... Um, okay, well, this guy's going to be pretty tough, but let's fortify ourselves in. During that fortification process, we learn that Zoe wants a baby. Yeah. And this is not the first time that they've had this conversation. I have no reference point to this, so <laughs> I'm just going to move right on past this. I I I think that, uh, they do, they do the scene well, you know, Wash's
1: concern, I think is valid, you know. This isn't exactly the environment I was hoping to eventually raise children in. And Zoe's response is equally fair, which is, look, I'm not so afraid of losing the thing that I'm going to decide not to have it in the first place.
0: Uh, and then we have a, a series of adult situations, yeah. um, both with Jane and Mal um, separately, with uh, various women folk then we have probably the most disgusting thing i've ever seen and it comes from Rance, which it's meant to be so he's he's basically you know giving the speech to all of the guys after he gets this oh. bit of information about oh you know hey here you know, we've got information you know they brought in these people here and it's this other hooker who had been there who is ratting them all out mm-hmm. to Rance. And he says, let me show you what a a woman's place is. Or I can't remember if he says... A woman's proper place that's yeah. the phrase he uses. And then he says, get on your knees. I found that absolutely terrible, distasteful. I know what they're trying to do here, and I still just think it's disgusting that they did it on television. I... I which... I guess they didn't actually do it on television since it never aired on Fox but still I find it just really distasteful
1: well it certainly drives home the point that yes. he's this is slime. not there's nothing redeemable about this guy yeah
0: totally totally slime which is you know means we're going to be okay with what happens to him you know at the end of the episode um, okay inara ends up getting upset. Because the next morning, uh, Mal wanders out of that other woman's Mandy. room, and he's stammering all over the place. And she says, "You know, one of the nice benefits of you know being in this not is, being
1: puritanical about
0: sex. I'm, I'm not puritanical. It, it, this is I can be able to you know deal with this, yeah. which is a total lie. Absolutely, because she cannot emotionally deal with this. She wanted Mal for herself." We, we totally see this here. Um, let's see here. Okay. So they start to make their attack on the place. They can totally see them coming in. Yes. Why
1: aren't they shooting? Why doesn't
0: Jane get out Vera, Vera. and shoot the guy from, like, way off?
1: Why doesn't Jane take out the rich guy with Vera? Seems poorly planned.
0: <laughs> it's like, I guess, you know, maybe they could have put a bubble over it to to shield him a little bit and maybe that's a way of explaining how they can't shoot him but it was yeah dumb agreed anyway they they managed to you know wave off various attacks they've got the laser gun going which I'm just going to tip my hand now I thought that laser gun was just silly um I, I, well, I, why didn't the tinfoil reflect it <laughs> Uh, the the silliest thing is um, The check battery light <laughs> Yes, that no was pretty on. silly And I mean, I, I'm already rolling my eyes at How does Mal manage to catch up to the speeder with a horse?
1: Well, yeah, it's clearly
0: the world's, world's slowest Speeder Yeah, hover yeah. speeder may, Maybe it was running low on batteries, too Could have been, maybe, why not? Um, maybe they shared a battery it
2: wasn't so much uh, a practical speeder as it was like a a kind of reinterpretation of Luke's speeder from the first Star Wars movie uh, from Earth that was. Right. Kind of an antique right. sort of.
0: Kind of an antique
2: I like future vir- vision. And so he guess. just
0: uses it to show off his opulence. Yeah. And just how amazingly wealthy he is and everybody else isn't.
2: Right. Yes. Yeah. It <laughs> it's really that's. It was designer genes of
0: vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, uh, they capture him. Um, and pedaling walks out and says, Jonah, meet your father. Boom. Shoots him dead. Say goodbye to your father. Or, you know, whatever the line was. Um, frontier justice. Right then and there. Yep. Mm-hmm. No one bats an eye. Totally okay. And at the very end, Inara decides, you know what? I've got to leave.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Which I now wonder, what would she have come back in season two? Or do you think she would have come back at the end of season one at somewhere along the line? Because she's one of the main characters. Do hmm. they do this spin-off thing where we get to see... Did she actually leave, though? She does. She's not in hmm. the next episode.
2: Yeah, I guess. I was wondering that. I, I remember thinking, is she in the next episode? Which makes sense because, you know, looking ahead toward the movie she's not on at the beginning of the movie. Right. I do remember that. Right. That's Actually, Pete, that's a really good question. I wonder what they had planned. And I wonder if, yeah, no, I don't know, because it's not like they would have any reason to get rid of her without having some kind of arc in mind or renegotiation of contract yeah. in mind.
0: and she's no Mandy from the West wing. No, you know, she's terrible Mandy from the firefly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, she is, I've, an integral part of it. Everybody loves her. She's gorgeous. There's no way that they would just be writing her off. That mm-hmm. that's definitely not happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm just curious. What you know? What but, would it have been? So all of you fans out there, I want you to write in some fanfic about uh-huh. uh, what you think would have happened.
1: And, and remember, fanfic is code for slashfic.
0: No. That's wrong. Uh, I, I got a few things here. I think she's going
2: to hook up with, uh, with uh, Saffron really quick. It's just that brainstorming. They're gonna, those two are going to get together. And,
0: yeah. Oh, my head just exploded.
1: <laughs> uh, I feel like River and Kaylee both were given opportunities in this episode to shine as characters. Uh, you know, We get to see some real good characterization of them, especially River's reaction to the whole pregnancy and, and birth event. Uh, you know, I think that that really developed the character, really humanized River for us a little bit here. You know, again, the series is winding down, but we're actually getting a sense that yeah, there there still is a real person down inside there somewhere. Um,
0: I saw her more kid like in that fashion.
1: Yeah, kid like, but 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 more human than she has been in a lot of the previous episodes. The theater uh, apparently in the future we move away from actual movies at the theater and we go back to the Chinese classic shadow puppet play. <laughs> I thought that was kind of an interesting interpretation of the future. Yeah, why not? Why
0: not?
3: Um,
1: I, I find it interesting how much trouble Mal seems to have understanding Nandy's position about not leaving her, the Heart of Gold. Um, I mean, it's it's the same as him with serenity and out of gas. He was not leaving that even if it meant his death. He was not leaving. And he had some trouble initially uh, understanding or coming around to her point of view. I thought that was kind of, I don't know, inconsistent.
3: I still
2: think there was more logic to his. Uh, Out of gas. Yeah, because we talked about this in Out of yeah, Gas. Yeah. That you know, ultimately, that's kind of what saved him. You know, to fulfill the whole plan. Um, I don't know. That's just me. I guess a spaceship is just way more cooler to go down with than, than a, house. A, a crappy house with oil.
3: <laughs>
2: um, so it seems
1: like there's some more mystery here of why is Inara on Serenity? You know, she, she had this great life going for her. She was headed to become the high priestess of the of the house there in, in whatever that place was. I can't remember now. And all of a sudden, she up and leaves it for serenity. And nobody seems to know why. Not even like one of her, I almost said bosom buddies, one of her dearest friends. I guess I did end up saying it. Um, so I, I, I was curious. Pete, have you heard anything? Maybe is there a comic book series that tells why in our None that I am aware of. Okay.
2: I think I think it's not uh, like a specific reason other than um, like Mal and Inara. Uh, they kind of don't belong in the worlds they've chosen. They love the worlds they've chosen, but they, they really don't belong there. Um, uh, Mal is the thief with the heart of gold. Inara is this companion who's supposed to be snobby, but who feels more comfortable around the so-called lower class of Mal and his gang. And they kind of... They, they sort of need each other's worlds because they, they don't belong in their own so much.
0: Okay. It was beautiful fan fiction, John. Thank you.
1: Um, Let's see. Inara should have just cut the guy's throat when she had the knife there. I mean, she's just done it. Been, we've seen before that in can be callous when she needs to be
0: yeah but he was holding the baby
1: no he he had handed the baby over and there was like a split second in there where if she had just it would have been over
3: the whole thing I don't think, she's
1: not zoe though okay that's fair that's fair um the lady who sang amazing grace i thought she actually had a decent voice for that song she carried it pretty well um Guys, do you think that the girls will really be all right without Nandi? Uh, You know, they, I think it was Inara who says to Mal, you know, they're going to be okay. She raised them to be strong or something to that effect. I didn't get that sense from any of those girls. They needed her, and I don't I don't think that that, that place is going to last without Nandy there. Pedaling certainly doesn't have the strength of character
0: necessary to... to be that ruthless and that strong in the same way that life forces you to, you know, grow up and, you know, suddenly deal with really tough stuff. I think that you think the course, trial by fire will, will yeah, get them where they need they, to be. They suddenly realize, Oh crap, we have to do this on our own. I'm going to now look to this person. Mm-hmm. This is the way. So, and so would. do Okay. It. Uh, maybe, Interesting. Maybe. What would Mandy do? <laughs> yes. The breast, um, the bracelets be made now. <laughs>
1: But you know, it got me thinking about the the bare question of how do you teach that? How do you teach people to be self reliant? This is something I'm struggling with right now as a father. How to walk that line between helping my kid and harming them by doing too much for them, between expecting that too much out of them and I, giving them an opportunity to I, I, develop. I
3: think the
0: time to crush them is going to be in their youth. I, I know that kind of sounds cruel. But kids bounce back from things and forget things so much easier. And so I think if you're going to crush their spirits and their souls, <laughs> kind of let it happen when they're younger. When it's easier to rebuild them and remold them into you know, whatever your the vision next evolution. Of, of greatness is. That being said, you shouldn't be the one doing it. <laughs> Well, I, I look to
1: you then to write the script of fatherhood for me that yeah, I should follow so in all things.
0: Send your children my way. <laughs> uh, you know, we we
1: talked earlier about Zoe and Wash's conversation and Zoe's assertion, I'm not so afraid of losing the thing that I'm going to hold myself back from having it. However, I think what we're seeing Inara do here is exactly that. She has realized that she loves Mal She's finally being open with herself about it. Whether or not she was before is is debatable, but it's clear she can no longer. There's no longer any doubt. She's in love with Mel. She's leaving because she's afraid that it won't work. And it just was interesting. You we know, we we think of both Inara and Zoe as strong female characters, or at least I do, and and yet both of them handled that exact principle. In dead opposite ways. They couldn't have been more dichotomous in the way they addressed it. I thought that was interesting to show us kind of the two sides of that coin and give us maybe some insight into how, you know, what are the, what are the costs of each of those decisions? You know, we, we see the conflict that it creates in, in Wash and Zoe's marriage, which generally is a very happy and, uh, healthy marriage most of the time that we're looking at it. But there's obviously some conflict there because of of Zoe's attitude in this. Meanwhile, it's it's clearly unhealthy what's going on between Mal and Inara. Neither one of them is happy. And they're just building this relationship up to be something that you couldn't ever possibly fulfill other than on a television show. I thought it was an interesting little thing that they inserted that if you weren't really watching for it, you may not have pulled that out, that there's these two different approaches to the same mental problem. Hmm. Uh, and then the last thing is, you know, uh Inara talked about how strong families, they they pull you in and you can't break away from them. And at some point, you don't want to break away from them. I, I don't really feel like I had that as a child. You know, I, I certainly don't feel very close to any of my siblings. Um, I don't feel close to my Except parents. Except you,
0: Aaron. He loves you.
1: You know, I I, I I do love them, but I don't feel close to them. You know, I don't. I don't call him up to see how they're doing. I don't want to hang out with them. He weeps each night you're not here, Aaron.
3: <laughs> he misses
0: you. Come back to him.
1: I weep tears of shame. Um,
0: anyway, it's just, I, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm building for my family. The kind of... Based on the stories you told me about your parents, I, or your dad specifically, your light years better. Those kids are, are so much better off. I can't guarantee that they're going to be as strong as what you are, or as as callous as you have allowed yourself to become as because of the situations. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you are a much, much better father in that regard. Much, much better.
1: Well, thank you I, again. It's, it's there's that fine line between am I doing too much? Am I ac- actively harming them by making their life so much easier than mine was? Because H- have you hit any one
0: of them? No. You're doing fine. All right. <laughs> it's a pretty low box. K- kids are resilient. <laughs> they're they're going to bounce back from from a lot of stuff, and they are so incredibly forgiving about things.
2: So if you're going to hit them, you better do it now.
0: <laughs> while, while they're still resilient.
1: Right, I, yeah. I, I got that.
0: I got that. Okay, uh, Pete, listener comments? Yeah, we're going to go with uh, listener M first. Um, Heart of gold. I'm just spitballing here. So apparently, and is a legitimate hooker. But the brothel run by one of her companion friends is not. Anyway, I hate the sexual tension between Mal and Inara. Can't they just do it and get it over with? I'm disappointed in uh, Mal. He shouldn't have fooled around with Inara's friend. Although Inara shouldn't have driven Mal away either. Two shows in a row with funerals at the end. Did they know that the series was canceled when these were written? <laughs> is, that, Any... is that why
1: it has a morbid tone here?
0: <laughs> anyway, always looking forward to hearing what you dudes have to say. Uh, later, listener Mark. Or, I can't be bothered to type the nickname bestowed on me by the hosts. P.S. You should submit Trek West 5 to Stitch App. Jr. Watches Star Trek is on there. you. All, ha- <laughs> All you have... <laughs> All you have to do is fill out a form, and then he provides a link. It's a PHP site, so you should be very comfortable with it, Joey. Well, then I bequeath it to you to actually go out and fill out the form. So are you not actually on it, John? Are you not aware Um, that you're on it? uh, Maybe. uh,
2: I guess it's part of Stitcher, right? Stitcher. I guess we, I think we did sign up for that, but I never check on it and know what it is. It is something, yeah, I guess I filled out the form and forgot.
0: (laughs) All right. But well, we need to be getting ourselves I feel like that's the intern's job. Aaron, what are you doing? Okay, uh, Brainy Smurf says, Heart of Gold. Hooray for Mal. You saved those winches. <laughs> Sci-Fi 5, TV 6, Western 8. Yay for everybody. See you next week. That's All right. your Brainy Smurf. Alright, John. Television rating. End quotes.
2: Uh I I didn't write anything down again. Um but television rating um I give it a 6. This is probably my least favorite Firefly episode. That being said, there are two things that I did like about the episode In it one it, the two guest actors. The um the bad guy in this is I I'm sure he's a nice guy in real life, but that guy he doesn't have to do much to be a bad guy that, that, that thing that Pete talked about, that didn't have to be in there because he, it it just didn't need to be in there because he's just a horrible human being. You can tell, um, which I, I say that you must be a really awesome actor and you have a really (laughs) evil face, I guess, you know, which I think it will, you know, take him places. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's the, the bad guy in lost, uh, who has Kate, in custody. Yes, yes. Did a really good job there. Um, also, really quick, um, uh, Melinda Clark, who plays uh, Nandy. Nandy. Um, once upon a time, there was this show called The OC that I yep. saw promos for. Yep. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what television has come to. This is. <laughs> How ridiculous that that show is even on the air. And I started watching it out of spite. And the first season of the OC is one of my all-time favorite TV what? shows. I love the oh the first gosh. season of the OC, especially. I have it on DVD. Joey, haven't you seen my DVD, my OC DVDs over there? No, I don't think I have. Anyway, brilliant Aww. show. Melinda Clark is amazing in the OC. She plays the evil mother next door. So, have
1: you read Twilight yet?
2: I read one of the Twilights. Okay. Um, I, I like that yet.
0: mashup you did there. OC DVD. Yeah, I know. I I thought That's that too. Cool. Yeah,
2: OC DVD. Um, and Twilight isn't the worst thing I've ever read. It's not that great, but you know, whatever. Um, anyway, she's she's phenomenal in that. This the worst episode of Firefly. Just being with those characters was still great. You know, I give it a six.
1: I also give it a six. It's just slightly better than middle of the road. Uh, we do get to see that tension finally break, although it's for the worse. But the tension between NR and Mal finally comes to a breaking point, And they do move the characters past that point a little bit. So I gave it a little bump for that.
0: Uh, TV 4. Wow. This is terrible. This is one of the worst episodes It is, it is of not Firefly. one of the better this episodes. Is not great. Yeah. And I, I think it's so cheesy. It's still... That stupid ray gun is utterly <laughs> ridiculous. I just find that... I still think it goofy. should have
1: bounced off the building. I, I, I think that would have made that whole thing so much better. <laughs> I, I would have
0: laughed more at it, that, that, that's for sure. Um, anyway, the uh, some of the quotes... I, I wrote down quotes, I don't know if you had any, Joey, but... Uh, uh, There's whores. I'm in. <laughs> um, can I get started getting sexed already? Uh... Were I unwed, I would take you in a manly fashion. <laughs> yes. that's a good one. <laughs> because I'm so pretty? Because you're so pretty. <laughs> Who do you think is in there? Uh, of course, uh, River. Yeah. L- looking inside the uh, baby. Um, I'm a little appalled at her taste. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I got.
1: I have... Uh, I suppose you heard most of that. Well... Only because I was eavesdropping. <laughs> uh, oh, look, they have boy whores. Isn't that thoughtful?
0: <laughs>
2: I would have liked to have seen those those boy whores
0: have a, a little more shining role. We,
2: well, you know, like it'd be awesome if they were just like the best fighters ever.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then uh, I think one of the one of the shining lines out of this entire episode is, "You're my kind of stupid." Mal talking to Nandy when she refuses to leave. Yeah, and that that's why he's gonna stay to help her. And we we did mention earlier, but one of the virtues of not being puritanical about sex is not feeling embarrassed afterwards. Okay, John, science fiction.
2: Um I give it a three for the sent for the speeder and the <laughs> gun and the foil house.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's got science fiction, but it's not good science fiction. I'm going
0: to give it a two. You know, I had written a four, but you guys have talked me into it. It's getting a three. Okay. It's, it's really John, difficult. a Western rating?
2: Uh, I, I give it a seven for just the fact of, like, y- do you ever see that Simpsons episode where they go visit the old the, the gold, old ghost town, Old West?
1: You, you can generally assume the answer to the question. Did you ever see that Simpsons episode? Is no oh,
2: right, sure. The uh, okay, Pete. You know you, what I'm talking about. You've shown me,
1: I think, every episode of The Simpsons <laughs> I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> they're uh, they're on tour, um, getting the tour of this old West town, and the guy says, "All right, first stop the uh, whorehouse. Then we got the cat house, the bordello, and finally the church. Whole lot of whores in there. <laughs> so yeah, so high Western rating.
1: High being seven. Okay. I, I'm
0: actually going to give it an 8. I think this is a direct lift from any old Western TV mm-hmm. show. Yeah, I give this an 8 as well. I mean, just, this is a Western episode. Totally and completely. And, and a hooker rating of 6-ish?
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: well, then, yeah I'll, I'll be there.
2: I'll be there. Sure.
1: Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of The Homestarmy Presents Trek West 5. We hope that you've learned something, had some laughs, and we always invite your comments to our email at trekwest5 at com. Or you can tweet us at hashtag TrekWest5 or call and leave us a voicemail at 801-788-4913. So until next
0: time, I am Joey. And I am Peter. And thanks for listening.